I'm so glad to be with you this morning and especially to engage with this reading. Now, everybody knows about this reading, right? It's a favorite of kids everywhere, everywhere. And honestly, what's not to like about it? You know, I first heard about Zacchaeus when I was around 12 years old. One of the first stories that I remember from my formative Christian years. And so the story goes like this. A man hears about Jesus and goes to see what all of the fuss is about, climbs a tree to get a better look, and the Lord sees him who, for who he really is. A great story and super simple just a couple of hours ago, I had so much fun with the kids in the joy service. But you know, even a kid's Bible story has depth enough for an adult. It's one of the many peculiarities about our scriptures. Man, they are multivalent. It takes a lifetime with them to begin to feel like one is getting to know and getting to the bottom of them. And yet we continue on and we find out, man, there is no bottom to these stories. And it's the same with this story for me. Now, I'm not sure how old I was, surely in my late 20s. I had finished reading Isaiah 6. And it's about Isaiah's vision. A vision came to Isaiah from God. And God was in his heavenly temple in this vision. And everything was so large, even on a cosmic scale, that the hem of God's robe was all that could fit in this temple. It's hard to communicate what went on in Isaiah chapter 6. And so I encourage you to read it for yourself. It's amazing. And my favorite line comes from when Isaiah stands before God and he sees the, the seraph with the six wings all raising their voices, saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. Man, I get chills when I read that. The imagery is utterly wild. And poor Isaiah, if you can imagine this, in the presence of the Holy One, gets to his knees before the Almighty, bows his head. And in my mind, I can hear his breathless words, Woe is me, for I am a man with unclean lips, and I have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Now, if you can really put yourself into that vision with Isaiah and picture what happens, you get a sense of what Isaiah must have felt. Here was a man of the world dumbfounded in the presence of the Almighty. And he knew, he knew he was not worthy to stand before God. And remember, this was before the new covenant when Jesus came to make us worthy. This was before all of that. There's fear, there's fright, and there's anxiety that fairly seeps through the page when you read this. And so I'd like for you just to kind of hang on to that image as we flash forward a few years. And I'm a youngish man now. One of my favorite friends is a man who is about 
as much of a saint as I have ever encountered. We always had great conversations about God and about God in the world. And I'm going to call him Bill. And it turns out that Bill faithfully attended his church, but hadn't taken communion in over 10 years, well over 10 years by that time. And not only that, man, he was wonky about it. He didn't want to talk about it. It was an utter mystery, even to his wife. She didn't know the reason. But there was Bill going to church, but not taking communion. And he wouldn't get help. He wouldn't go see, go see the clergy. He wouldn't talk to anything about what was going on inside of him. Highly successful person. And it comes to, it turns out that the older I get, the more I'm in ministry. This is not uncommon. Men and women I've found do this, faithfully attend church, but hold themselves back from communion for really, at least for an Episcopalian is a major part of our spiritual journey with the Lord. What could possibly be going on here? Humans are amazing. God made us amazing. But in all of our complexity, we can get ourselves bound up in our own personal vision of God, what we think God is. But man, miss entirely the purpose of the Lord. Here was Isaiah even in his own lifetime, a famous prophet of Israel. And yet he still was driven to his knees by being in proximity to God Almighty, God's holiness, God's righteousness, God's power. It's frightening because Isaiah knows he is not worthy to be near God. So let's turn our attention to Zacchaeus. That's our background for the story of Zacchaeus, a Jewish man who made some decisions that simply were not great. When the scripture speaks of Zacchaeus as being a chief tax collector, know that he was at the high end of his profession. It's been written that the Romans were well-versed in collecting taxes from the poor and the powerless. But even they realized that in order to pressure the elite, well, that needed a more personal touch. Jerusalem, you remember, was an important trade center. And so it was necessary to have a chief tax collector who understood just how hard to squeeze and still keep those economic wheels turning. Zacchaeus was their man, chief tax collector. Now, perhaps he chose to do this. Maybe he fell into it. We don't know. We'll never know that. But what we do know is that because of his choice of professions, he was separated from the temple. He was separated from the people. He was separated from God. 
separated in the same way I imagine that Isaiah felt separated from God in that vision. And still somehow, again, we don't know everything that we want to know about Zacchaeus, but somehow Zacchaeus came to his senses at a time when Jesus was passing by his village and he wanted to trust. He wanted to go be near Jesus, the Son of God. Now look, life offers up all sorts of joys, but it's in the twists and turns. That's where we can get ourselves bound up in a way that's not helpful to our spiritual development. The twists and turns put us on a path where we feel like we're walking apart from our family, our friends, and even God. Again, in a way like Isaiah felt alone and unworthy in his vision. We can feel like that even today. And so Zacchaeus offers us something much more meaningful than a simple children's story. Zacchaeus offers us a story about how to find our way back home, home to our families, home to our friends, friends, home to our creator. We all make mistakes and we feel the weight of them upon us. Isaiah felt overpowered, but the purpose of the Lord is to bring us home, not grind us down because of our past. The Roman philosopher Seneca reportedly said, don't stumble over something behind you. Don't stumble over something behind you. So if you're going through a hardship a season of hardship. And maybe you're not withdrawing from communion. Maybe it hasn't progressed to that quite yet. But if something is weighing you down, making you feel alone or separated from the Lord, know that you don't have to carry that. Jesus already paid that price. So you don't have to. So we don't have to. Give whatever is separating us, whatever it is, however it happened, give that to the Lord. Tell the Lord you wish to be close again. Tell your family you wish to be close again. And what the Lord will do is merely accept and love and care. As we come to these seasons of the church life towards the end of the year, now is the time to begin to make a new start. Whatever it is that separates us from those we love, the God who loves us, the God of our heart, there's a way back home. And it starts with giving everything 
to the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be welcomed back. Amen. Amen.